Welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. My name is Will Doctor, alongside James Ledbetter, and it is Genesis Invitational Week. Yes, it's Tiger's event. No, Tiger's not playing, but what an elite field we have this week as all the top 10 players in the world are set to go. Before we get rolling here, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter at DRMedia59 and at James Ledbetter. There's always a chance we see numbers move through the week so we can give you a real-time update on Twitter as we get closer to Thursday. Led, how are we feeling about the wasted management last week? Yeah, what an event. What an event. You know, waste management is back even though it never left. How about that scene on 16 all four days? I mean, you wouldn't have been – I mean, it was borderline a riot. At Unbelievable. Some point with, uh, even to the point where people were, uh, you know, going a little overboard with it. Guys are making 10 footers and they're just launching course lights onto the greens. Uh, you know, that's why they call it the waste management. They were able to pick up that stuff pretty quickly and then uh, get the next group through there. Um, you know, absolutely no rules in golf anymore. Kind of starting to love it. Uh, you know, it's a, a different kind of environment now, especially uh, in Phoenix. In terms of the golf that went on, we had Scotty Scheffler breakthrough and won his first PJ tour event in a playoff holding a 30 footer um, for birdie over Patrick Cantlay on the third playoff hole in terms of a betting week, you know, besides Keith Mitchell top 20, which we rode together on, I had a pretty rough week overall. It was truly a close, but no cigars week for me. Um, I did have a Xander ticket at 22 to one, obviously finishing one shot out of that playoff. I had Bubba um, top 10 plus 300 plus 300. He finished one shot out of a, Top 10. Corey mm-hmm. Connors cracked his pants down the stretch, shooting a 39 on the back nine. Anything, you know, 35, something like that uh, would have cashed a top 20 best bet for me. So enough about me, Doc. What a week for you. Go off, bud. Tell us what you had. Yeah, I hit, uh, you know, eight of my nine picks for the waste management, including my Scotty Scheffler winning ticket at 22 to one, which was an absolutely phenomenal payday Sunday was just unbelievable. Led. I think the two tickets that were absolutely crucial uh, for the success of the week was obviously Kepka over Finau at plus 100 and Oosthuizen top 20 at plus 120 for the best bet. And I think Kepka over Finau was so, so instrumental because we took a chance on buying Brooks Lowe when everyone else and their mothers was hammering Finau because his swing coach lives down the street from TPC Scottsdale. Here's a word of advice for listeners for your Phoenix Open picks next year. Over 50% of the PGA Tour resides in Scottsdale. It makes, or or Phoenix, sorry. Um, It makes absolutely no difference um, at that tournament if you, your coach, or your parents live anywhere near the golf course. It it just does not matter. Finau not playing well right now. Dreamers faded him against a buying low. Uh, Kepka, we're going to watch out for Kepka plays again this week uh, because. Uh, as you can see, we can still buy low. Led also the Usays in top 20 plus 120 best bet was a Cinderella story ending. Louis birdied 17 and 18 on Sunday to go from a tie to 22nd to, to T14. So that was great. And of course, Led and I both on that Keith Mitchell top 20 plus 350 train. We continue to, to see how he plays well on those type Bermuda surfaces. And then, uh, you know, Hadwin top Canadian plus 350 was a little bonus on top. Yeah, great week for you, Will. Did you uh, you go out Sunday night for dinner and do the little surf and turf? Or 
Yeah. So I actually, uh, you know, AJ will know what this is, but I went to a place called Kobo's Q. It's kind of a, uh, uh, barbecue Mexican fusion, um, had some, had some wings with this, uh, Shiner box sauce on it. And, and, you know, I, I, I take a completely different route when I'm betting football led. I, you know, I, I bet with my heart, not by the stats. I ended up buying two points to Ram minus two, um, wow. you know, to, to get it under a field goal and, and that happened to hit too. So, so really, you know, Sunday was unbelievable. It really was. Yeah. I just exact opposite for me. I had uh, Rams minus four, just, <laughs> just a brutal week, but you know, let's just, let's just move on. Did you, uh, you write thanks Scotty on the, on the check? Yeah, I, <laughs> that's exactly right. I, you know, I, um, it was so good to see him finally break through, you know, he had to fend off some, some champions. I mean, Patrick Canley and then Sahith Tagala was playing uh, just unbelievable all week. Yeah. And, I mean, when you got Patrick Xander Brooks in the, in the final couple groups yeah. there, it's uh, pretty impressive for him to break through. And it would have been, you know, it's nice for him to get the monkey off the back, you know, off his back, just because of the fact that if he didn't win this week, then it would have been, okay, here we go. You know, yeah. Another, I was not here. looking forward to that conversation again. Yeah. Fina 2.0, you know, <laughs> was, uh, was brewing, but yeah, what a, you know, fun week at waste management, but yeah, let's move into that next week. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we have a very busy show today, moving through favorites, head to heads, picks to place, dark horses, outright winners, um, and best bets. Like I said earlier, this is one of the best field fields of the year um, at the Genesis uh, as we uh, as we go over to California. Yes. Yeah, so um, we are going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. And to be specific, we are going to the Pacific Palisades. Um, I will actually be on the grounds this week. I am a new Los Angeles resident, so I'm excited to uh, to watch some golf. I honestly haven't been to that many PGA Tour events Um as of, you know, in the last couple of years here, especially not since I've been kind of full-blown sports betting. So I'm getting pretty excited to, uh, you know, play some one-round head-to-heads and go out and watch them, you know, maybe even head out to the driving range, see, see who has a good warm-up and put those, put those bets in last minute. But, yeah, well, like you said earlier, um, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at James Ledbetter and you at Dr. Media 59 is that correct? Correct, correct, um, DR Media yeah, just, 59 just to stay up, you know, obviously we can tell you about line movement, but, you know, obviously really important as well. COVID situations, right? We'll be retweeting the PJ Tour communications and all that stuff in terms of, you know, if one of these top 10 favorites gets COVID, obviously you're going to want to move that money elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, follow us on there. But in terms of the Genesis Invitational, well, like you said, stacked field. Like we thought last week was stacked. This is like another level. So all 10 of the top 10 Players in the world will be teeing it up this week. Um, you know, I'd run off that list, but it's pretty much chalk when we start looking at the favorites. And then also we're going to have 35 of the top 50 in the world are going to be playing in LA. So um, doesn't get much better than that. Uh, only 120 guys in the field because it is an invitational. And then in terms of cut, we're going to be looking at top 65 in ties. Uh, so top 65 in ties will not be sending it to Saddle Ranch on Friday night. <laughs> but... <laughs> But let's get into the golf course. We are playing the Riviera Country Club. It's a 7,322-yard par 71. Notable members are Mark Wahlberg, Adam Sandler. Um, you know, a lot of the Hollywood's uh, upper echelon are members out there. We do have three par fives this week. And it's just, you know, overall, it's recognized as one of the best golf courses in the world for sure. 
In fact, it's actually going to be hosting the Olympics, you know, golf competition when the Olympics are in LA in 2028. So we have that to look forward to. Uh, and in terms of the way it plays, it's definitely one of the harder courses on tour. Um, it plays long. You're going to have a lot of mid to long irons this week. The grass we're going to go with, it's, it's called Kakuya. So in the fairways, it set, it sits up really nicely. Um, so for some of our guys that struggle with chipping, you know, off those Bermuda lies, they get one more week here before the Florida swing to, uh, yeah, you know, not have to stress too much out of those, over those, uh, yeah. grainy Bermuda shots. But in terms of the rough, the rough can be pretty grabby kind of luck. The way this grass is, it's, you know, it's pretty wiry, has a lot of movement. It's kind of like you, you pull up one end and it ends up, you know, three feet away. So you can have it where you get into this kind of thick rough and it sits up right on top or it can, when it nestles down, it really is a lot, lot to deal with. It can definitely grab a hosel and turn that thing over quickly. Um, I actually read an article the other day that it benefits guys that pick the ball um, just because of the way it sits up so nicely. So someone like a DJ or Adam Scott, definitely they have great course history here, but uh, I'm not saying it's specifically because of the grass, but it definitely kind of leans in their favor versus a guy maybe like Brooks Kepka, who's taken, you know, you know, you know, one foot divots, you know, really going down on it and potentially catching it a groove high or something like that. So ball's going to be sitting up great. Uh, the, the greens this week are going to be POA. Um, the POA is, you know, one of the bumpier surfaces on tour in terms of the green complex. They are going to be really fast, really slopey this week. If you do miss greens, it's not exactly a auto up and down like it may have been at Scottsdale. Um, in, in that in that sense uh, now led when when you look this week at um you know the draw is riv such a pure golf course to where a later tee time doesn't as matter matter as much as somewhere like a, a tory or even a pebble or uh, are, are we going to see some of the later tee times have issues with, with those greens getting bumpy so you know, the greens, like these greens are probably the better of the POA that you're going to see on tour. I'd say the one thing to look at is, you know, we talked about the weather. It's L.A. You expect perfect weather. It is going to be, you know, between 45, 55 degrees in the mornings, right? So if you're teeing off at 7 a.m., yes, you are getting uh, perfect greens, right? Not many golfers have walked on them, but you're also probably taking an extra club on pretty much every single shot. So in terms of draws, I wouldn't uh, – look at them too much for, uh, I think they're going to even out. The course is either going to play a little bit longer. Or the greens are going to be a little bit more pure. Um, who the hell knows how to, what's a spike mark and what's just POA. <laughs> yeah. You can, pat, you can pat them down now. So I guess, yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. So in terms of the way the golf course shapes um, tree line, fairways, subtle dog legs um, in contrast to the last couple of weeks, this is not going to be a put putting contest. It is a ball strikers paradise. Hitting fairways is going to help, especially with the penal rough that we talked about. Um, many of the holes favor a left to right shot based on the way they're shaped. Um, so we'll look at, you know, some of the right-handed players that prefer to hit a fade and some uh, lefty players that play uh, sling draws. Um, you know, showing how tough the course is, uh, the PGA Tour fairway average from week to week is 62%. This week at Riviera, it's 53%, third hardest fairways to hit on tour. And then same things for green irregulation. The average on the PJ Tour is 68% from week to week. This week at Riviera, it's under 60%. So second hardest on tour greens to hit. So you better make sure you're getting the ball up and down because um, even the best ball strikers are going to miss a couple. Um, 
in terms of, you know, what has gone here in the past, Max Homa is your defending champion winning in a playoff over Tony Finau at 12 under. Well, I want to say, you know, just jumping back to Scottsdale, I thought it was a crime for that playoff to only be on the 18th hole over and over again. They got to find a way to either put that thing to 16, put that thing to the drivable uh, 17. I just think it, uh, the playoffs will be a lot shorter, right? And we won't have to miss the first quarter of the Super Bowl. And uh, from what I remember, they, yeah, CB, C- CBS definitely, I think that was definitely a mistake. Uh, it, it went on too long in 18. You, you dip into that seven o'clock hour. Uh, you know, I, I, I went to Cobos Q, I went to the bar when. Uh, when Cantley and Scheffler entered the playoff, and you know all the TVs are on the Super Bowl. No one, no one. Barney at the bar is not going back to CVS to to watch the playoff finish. I am right there with you. Great point. You got to get the playoff moved to sixteen in the coming years. For sure, for sure. And I'm even going back to last year at Riviera. Um, I remember the playoff. I want to say the playoff ended on that ten pole Riviera drivable par four. Um, you know, one of the best holes in the world realistically just because there's so much thought kind of putting put behind what you're going to hit right should you hit iron off the tee and then have a dicey wedge shot to a really small green or you should should you just get it up there but then if you get a bad lie in the bunker you might not even be able to hit the bunker uh, sorry to hit the green on your next shot definitely is a is a is a hole you really have to think about we saw years ago uh you know the players goes back to 17 you know that when there's yeah. a when there's a playoff the players they go back to 17 Um, I, you know, I hope we don't hear any of the old heads, uh, try to say that it's going to get too crazy on 16. If they move it, I don't want to hear that. I want a stadium for the playoff finish. I want it getting done quicker so we can move on to the Super Bowl. For sure. And when you just think about a lot of golf courses, I mean, more often than not, the signature hole isn't 18. So, you know, let's say travelers like 18 hole is just like waste management. It's just like a nothing special par four. If you hit a good drive, you have right. 90 yards. And I don't think the, you know, the tournament should be, uh, you know, decided on a, just a whatever hole uh, where it's just like, okay, you know, um, but moving into our recent, you know, getting back to topic, um, Max Homa won in a playoff over Tony Finau at 12 under par last year. Our other recent Genesis Open winners include Adam Scott, J.B. Holmes, Bubba Watson three times, uh, Dustin Johnson, and Phil Mickelson twice. So when you look at those, at that list, obviously all those guys can, you know, move it pretty well off the tee. So we're definitely going to be looking at some bombers this week. Um, The average winning score over the past five years is 13 under par, going to show that it is definitely one of the, the tougher golf courses on tour. Um, but, you know, in terms of some of the stats we'll be looking at, course history, putting on POA, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained approach, especially with the longer irons. But, you know, without further ado, let's just get into those favorites, starting with John Rom at plus 900. Um, the world number one is first off the tee and seventh approach so far this season. In his last four PGA Tour events, he has a second place finish at the Century, 14th at the Amex tied third at the farmers and a top 10 last week in Phoenix. And he's really one of those guys where if he doesn't finish top five, it seems like it's a bad week for him, especially for the Scottsdale native John yeah. Rom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, in terms of what John Rom has done at Riviera, he's won. Uh, sorry. He's finished in the top 10 in two of his last three starts. Uh, but 
you know, you can find for a guy like John Rahm, he has course history everywhere. So I'm not going to overreact to that. Um, obviously top 10 machine. Will, like we do pretty consistently here, we pass most of the time on these uh, single digits to one guys. Rom's a guy like, let's wait till April, May. If he happened to have a dry spell and got to that double digit numbers, then I think it's worth pouncing on. But for this week, with this strong a field at nine to one, no thank you for uh, for John Rom. Yeah, and uh, oh, you know, great a great nugget here from uh, Justin Ray at Twenty First Group today. Today, this day marks seven months since John Rom last shot a score over par in a PGA Tour event, dating back to round one at the Open. Um, I'm off John Rahm as well, too. I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to take a plus 180 top five ticket in, in the sport of golf. That just doesn't happen. Uh, but is playing well. He's kind of the man of the West Coast right now. Really seems like he has it dialed in, but uh, passing on him this week. On to Patrick Cantlay at 12 to 1. One thing I've noticed uh, about Cantlay is his consistent game matches up with his consistent lifestyle. And what I mean by this is, Patrick Cantlay is never trying to be someone that he is. And he, you know, you don't see this guy's head blow up on social media. You don't see him getting wrapped up in the Saudi mess. He stays within himself equally as well when he's on the golf course. And I think that's why his great play from 2021 is translated so smoothly into 22. I mean, only one finish outside of the top five and four starts this year for Cantlay. It, it just keeps, keeps going on and on and on. I think a lot of us are looking for eventual regression, but this guy's Mr. Steady Eddie. I mean, it, it's truly unbelievable. Lad. It's truly yeah. unbelievable. Would you agree with me that he's not only extremely talented, but from a mental game perspective, he's about as solid as they come on the PGA tour. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, the fact that we don't ever bring it up ever, you know, it's not like he's ever, he's obviously been in the, the heat of the final groups here. It seems yeah. like every week out of the last kind of two years here, and at no point have we ever seen him, you know, uh, throw a club or, yeah. you know, rip his caddy or look anything but absolutely committed to every single shot that he hits. And he, I've even, you know, I read some stuff after he won the FedEx Cup, how he talked about, you know, staying calm under pressure. Like he's a guy who's definitely even tried some different avenues. Like he does daily meditation. It's all about yeah. controlling your breathing. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I even listened to a, uh, Russell Wilson was on a podcast a couple months ago and he talked about how, you know, how does he stay in the zone? I know we're getting off topic here, but Russell Wilson, he said, uh, my goal is to have the lowest heart rate of any other guy on the field at all times, right. To be that cool, calm and collected. And, uh, I think, you know, Patrick Cantlay, you know, you open him up. He doesn't even, you don't even know if he has an, a heart. He's a, he's ice cold when it comes down the stretch. So, so I honestly kind of surprised, he didn't get the job done last week, but, you know, he's been knocking on the door pretty much every week. So wouldn't be surprised if he uh, came through here, or, you know, soon. And as far as past results here at Riviera, concerned for Canley, he's played well here the past three years, all finishes inside the top 20. Um, and remember, that was before he sharpened up the putting. If you if you look back at the two, the last two Genesis invites, Canley has finished in the top 20, 20 with below average weeks on the greens, the top 10 number, you know, it's still plus money for Canlay. We'll take a deeper look at that as we go on at 12 to one, I would have preferred to see 16 to one. It's a bit of a Masayama situation from last week. Right now I'm passing lead. Um, yeah. you know, it's too low a number for me. 
I'm passing on Patrick as well at 12 to one, especially when I can get a guy like Justin Thomas at 16 to one moving into that. Um, JT is my guy this week. His last four starts are a tied third at Mayakoba, tied fifth at Century, 20th at Farmers, and a top 10 last week at the Waste Management. Um, kind of a blow up Friday was the reason he wasn't in there, um, you know, down the stretch. Uh, but if Justin Thomas could putt, he, he'd win 10 times a year. And I know we've said this before, but not surprisingly, he lost three strokes to the field putting last week. Uh, but here's some weird stats in terms of JT's ball striking at waste management. I don't know how these two are true, but I'm starting to learn the more I look at these. Um, they're not always tied in together. So JT hit less than 40% of the fairways last week. Okay. This is on a course with some rough, you know, some desert, certainly some water, especially down the stretch. So he's hit less than 40% of fairways, but he was the second best player in strokes gained T to green. So, you know, really goes to show the emphasis that, you know, stats and everything is putting on distance, right? And then the other thing that stands out here is, you know, obviously if he struggled with the driver that much with the accuracy, he had to make up that somehow to, uh, to finish second in strokes gained. And he did that predominantly with his iron. So JT was second in strokes gained approach, picking up over seven shots on the field with his irons alone. Um, yes, TPC Scottsdale what we talked about the rough wasn't that penal. You could definitely play from there this week at Riviera. You're going to have to drive it a little bit better, especially given the fact that it's already a tough driving course. Um, I think if JT can get the driver back on track, I think he can definitely contend here. Even if his putting is, you know, mediocre um, before missing his last two cuts here that a lot of people are freaking out about. Um, he finished solo second at Riviera in 2020. Um, if those last two missed cuts were top 10, maybe he's in that 13 to one range. So uh, the fact that, you know, we're starting to, we're starting to look here and see, see it at a number like 16 to one, I think is decent value. So I really do like JT um, at 16 to one and uh, not too concerned about the last couple of years missing cuts, but I really think he can win here. So for my first uh, pick to win, it's going to be JT. Nice. Uh, yeah. Great work led. I'm off JT this week, but great evaluation there. Um, you know, it just, I didn't, I didn't see anything I quite liked on him this week, but on to Dustin Johnson at 18 to one, you know, it, it's going to bug me if I can't get this at 20 at some point during the week, I'm not in love with 18 to one, but make no mistake. Riviera is bread and butter for Dustin Johnson. Uh, he's only finished outside the top 10 once here in the last eight years. And I know you might be saying, but doc, what about the CJ cup? What about the farmers? Has it been a rough start to the year for DJ? Here's the deal. DJ could have cared less about both of those events. He was planning the wedding, getting the invitation sent out with Paulina. This right here, Riviera, is where DJ starts his season. This is where the season starts for Dustin Johnson. He's coming off a great warm-up event at the Dirty Money International over in Saudi Arabia, fired an opening round 65, and then cooled off to finish eighth. Whether I find a 21 a uh, 20 to one ticket or not, I will be hope, hoping for a great matchup for DJ, um, uh, you know, uh, against someone in that, you know, hopefully 19 to one, eight, you know, 20 to one range. Uh, but I really like DJ this week. Like I said, I think this is where, uh, you know, he kicks off his year. Yeah. And I like that pick as well, actually putting pretty well um, ninth um, at Riviera over the last kind of 20 rounds, um, the last 24 rounds. Um, obviously like you talked about, former champion, you know, great course history and actually playing a little more consistently as of late, uh, 
than we think just hasn't been kind of hoisting those trophies. Um, and well, I had a little stack correction here. Justin Thomas is his runner up was in 2019, not 2020. That's why I was talking about those, uh, those, uh, missed cuts, but, um, you can't bet on everyone. That's the only reason I'm passing on Dustin. Uh, you know, what's not to love with him at uh, 18 to one, but moving on our next guy, I have Rory McIlroy, 18 to one. Um, they actually moved that number to 22 to one. Now I've seen yep. on bet three, six, five. So a little bit more enticing. Um, Correct. but I'll give you the rundown on Rory. Rory's last start on the PJ tour was a win at the CJ cup in October. Um, since then he's played a, uh, European tour events highlighted by a third place, the Dubai desert classic two weeks ago. Um, there's a couple unknowns coming in this week. I think Rory's game is definitely one of them. Uh, he's, he missed a cut last year, but he does have two top twenties and two top fives in his last five starts at Riviera. So you do like the course history, but in terms of looking at Rory's game, we don't know really what type of, what type of, uh, you know, how he's playing right now. Um, He's played realistically four tournaments in five months. So whether you're seeing him at 22 to one or 18 to one, 22 to one is a little better, but 18 to one, there's no chance I can uh, make a play on a guy like that, that um, definitely when he's playing well, gets on runs, but we don't even know, you know, when this run is coming, given the fact he's, you know, played so minutely. So Roy McIlroy is a pass for me at 18 to one at 22 to one at whatever to one. Yeah, I'm, I'm passing on a winning ticket for Rory this week as well. But Rory is very interesting to me this week because he's putting together a pretty decent stretch with the putter. And I know, like Lud said, it's been very sporadic. You know, his schedule has been very spaced out. But he is putting exceptionally well now. The majority of his issues have come from his decision making. Um, and he will tell you that. He's really not working on anything technical right now as far as the swing is concerned, but he's working hard on his mental game, you know, at 32 years old. Like I said, not taking Roy to win this week. There is going to be a couple matchups here that I like that we can get into when we get there. Yeah, he's been hitting the squat the squat rack pretty hard. I've been seeing uh, some workout videos from him. So Yeah, I we thought he was done. I, that's a good point. I thought he was done with that. Yeah, I, I thought he was done with that, you know. I know. I don't know. By the way, he doesn't hit it far enough? Yeah, he, he definitely does. I always – so I was looking at his European stats, which, uh, you know, pretty much say, you know, normally on PJ tour, you're getting strokes gained approach, strokes gained everything. Right. Europe, Europe is just like, you know, played well in Saudi Arabia, yeah. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's no, uh, no. Not, not very, uh, specific, but, uh, Rory's five, eight, he's a sneaky short five, eight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't really pertain to anything, but I just thought he was a little bit taller. Yeah, no. I, well, I think maybe for a couple of years, Wikipedia had, you know, 5'10", but they also had Johnny Manziel at 6'1". You know, that's how they, yeah. that's how they, that's yeah. how they do it. So, yeah, uh, but sure. yeah, Rory, we'll, 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 we'll talk more about him when we get to the matchups. Um, on to Xander Shoffley at 22 to 1. And Xander is another guy who has had a consistent stretch of solid finishes Riviera over the last four years. Went ninth here in 18, 15th and 19, 23rd in 2020, then 15th once again last year. And last week, Xander's iron play finally came around after a very streaky start to the season with his approach shots. Lost shots with his irons at both the Century and Farmers. Uh, but we saw those mistakes subside during his third place finish at the WM last week. I wasn't on Shoffley last week. Cheers to you if you were. This is definitely a spot. Um, 
you know, where, where I would potentially buy a favored Shoffley top 20 ticket at minus 110. We'll shop for some matchups before we do that. And as far as the winning ticket is concerned, uh, you know, Xander for the win this week, led is definitely be one I'm going to be looking at. Yeah, certainly. When I first looked at this, it was like in the 20 to one range. Now that things uh, bloated up to 25 to one on bet three, six, five. And I just think a guy like Xander, you can't pass up at that number. So he's another guy I'm definitely going to be looking at uh, to win. But moving into our next guy, Colin Morikawa, 20 to one. Colin is another guy I do like this week. The, you know, Los Angeles native. Colin has played four PJ Tour events this season. He has a second CJ Cup, seventh at the Zozo, fifth at the Hero World Challenge with a final round 76, which was a way better week than that. He shoots 70, you know, he wins by two. Um, and then most recently, a tied fifth at the Century Tournament of Champions. In contrast to Rory, I'm not really worried about the rust um, for Colin. I think it's nice to obviously have a – he played a PJ Tour event already this year. Um, and just in terms of the way their games are, Colin has made 24 of his last 28 cuts, 12 top 10s. Um, so not worried about rust too much for a guy like Colin. If anything, I think that, you know, the book's inflating him up to 20 to 1 – you know, if he finished T7 last week at Waste Management, maybe that number is 15 to 1. So the fact that um, such a consistent player is coming off rest, I think we can take advantage of that. I think also in terms of course fit, Colin is a predominantly left-to-right player. It's going to be great for a lot of those left-to-right doglegs this week. Um, in terms of how he's done here, you know, not much. Uh, tied 43rd and a tied 26th in the two starts. Um, nothing special, but I just – you know, I think the more you can play this golf course, the better, especially um, as tough as it is, whether it's, you know, from tee box to green, pretty much uh, you're going to be grinding all week. So the fact that he's getting another rep under his belt is huge. Um, I think whenever Colin Morikawa gets to the 20s, we just have to, we have to strike. I don't care if he hasn't touched clubs since August. If I see Colin Morikawa at 20 to 1, I'm going for it. So the putter, always a little suspect, but um I think, you know, the way he normally hits it and the way he's going to fit this golf course, I have no problem taking Colin Morikawa at 20 to one. I'm with you. I, I uh, you know, I've looked through the picks of place. I've looked through the matchups. Um, unfortunately, I'm not seeing much that I like on Morikawa this week as far as tickets to take. Yeah. I like him to win the tournament. I like 20 to one. Uh you know, if you have some extra bankroll, I'm not totally opposed to buy Morikawa top 20 at minus 110. I don't this week, but definitely a viable option. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that guy, uh, you know, he's just so consistent. If he, if he makes cut, he he makes a cut. He finishes in the top 10 over 50% of the time in his last 24 yeah. start. So unbelievable. Nice, uh, yeah. Nice. Great, great little nugget there, Led. On to uh, Hideki Matsuyama at 22 to 1. Okay, so... Hideki missed the cut here last year, but if you look at that stretch of golf for Hideki, he was not playing well leading into Genesis. He had finished 41st at the Century, 53rd at the Farmers, and 42nd in Phoenix prior to this event last year. So I really don't want you to be focusing on last year's result because Tita Green, he was abs- he was in an absolutely horrendous place for about a four-week stretch. He's coming into this event, Dalvin. You know, he's already, you know, Won twice this year. He was knocking on the door last week in Phoenix with an eighth place finish. The other thing is, even though Hideki missed the cut here last year, his game has proven to 
stand the test of Riviera regardless. Four top 20 finishes and seven starts here in Hideki's career. And three of those were in the top 10. Hideki is interesting this week because I don't love his top five and top 10 odds. And um, I can only hope for an interesting matchup. I, you know, I do not necessarily hate a Hideki winning ticket again this week, but he was 14 to one last week, finishes eighth and drops back to 22 to one, which I think is very interesting. Um, I understand the, you know, the strength of the field, but uh, that doesn't quite make sense to me. And, and, you know, for that reason, I, Currently, I have nothing um, on Hideki this week. Yeah, when you can get a guy like Xander at 25 to 1, I think it's worth passing on a yeah. guy like Hideki at 22. Um, Absolutely. So sometimes it's just about the number. Um, moving into our next guy, Cameron Smith, 22 to 1. Um, every single thing I've seen on Twitter, you know, heard from is just everyone is on Cam Smith. I think it's a little bit of a red flag. Uh, it's a joke, <laughs> frankly. It's a joke. Yeah. Last couple starts are a tied fourth at the RSM, a win at the Century Tournament of Champions, where he set a PJ Tour scoring record, and then a MC at the Sony. Um, the MC not reading too much into when you win, and then you're at in Hawaii the next week. You know, right. probably a little hungover that first round. Uh, you know, no doubt, not not speculating, but uh, he did finish uh, fourth year last year. Can he contend again? Can he contend again? Um, I don't love the course fit for Cam Smith. You know, he's not uh, short, but he's definitely not really long off the tee, kind of mid-tier, 70th on tour, and honestly struggles pretty consistently with the the accuracy. Um, the Century Tournament of Champions, when you're playing at Wileye, I mean, you can literally hit it anywhere. You can't even see, if you're on the right side of the fairway, you can't even see the left rough. It's so wide out there. So that was just like absolute dream course setup for a, for a guy who's a great short iron player. Um, you know, he is fifth in greens regulation, but I don't think he's really long enough off the tee, especially this week to, uh, offset how crooked he can be as well. I mean, you're going to have tree trouble. You're going to have Kakuya everywhere. Um, when you just compare him to a guy like JT, JT has like an easy 10 yards on him. And I think that makes a difference on a really tough golf course. Um, so unlike everyone else, we're zagging this week. I'm not taking Cam Smith. The other thing is, too good to be true, is he really going to win twice in three starts with this kind of field? Uh, I doubt no. it. So 22-1 no. to 1 is just a bit <clears throat> pricey for Cam Smith this week. Yeah, great work, Led. I'm, I'm, I'm right with you there. Uh, I'm off Cam Smith this week. Don't think he's going to get it done. I think the distance is going to um, ultimately be his defeat this week. Ranked 56 strokes hand off the tee, but he gets that going any which way. You know, he doesn't have the bomb and gouge distance to get it done. So uh, great work off Cam Smith this week at 22 to one on to Victor Hovland, uh, who is also at 22 to one, uh, you know, very interesting situation with Hovland this week. I'm glad I laid off of him last week as he missed the cut at the Phoenix Open. And I think there was really just a lot going on for Hovland. There were reports that he got snowed in in his home in Oklahoma prior to traveling to the waste management. Um, and, and, and prior to that, he was traveling back from his victory at the Dubai Desert Classic. So uh, between the jet lag, between, you know, the snow days in Oklahoma, uh, good pass from Victor last week because now Victor is returning to a venue where he finished 10th um, and you at least have to feel more comfortable uh, with Victor on Poa Greens. Um, I don't like Victor to win this week and – there aren't any good matchups that, that I like him 
involved, but you know, we'll do our best to continue to shop for Victor in a good spot as far as picks to place are concerned. I will say this, it's going to be very hard to bet against John Rahm in the European leader leaderboard and the continental European leaderboard there. You know, there's some great value with Hovland on the continental leaderboard at plus 350. Uh, but right now, you know, like we said, very unrealistic to bet against John Rahm on the West coast. Yeah, Will, feel free to slap me next time I take Victor Hovland in a head-to-head against Patrick Cantlay. Um, that yeah, that little happen. that little report came out after after the snow day. I think it was Shupak on you know Thursday. Yeah. I, I didn't know about it then. You know, I know he was snowed in, but yeah, I had him to I had him in that head-to-head, which was just brutal. Um, so I'm putting him in timeout this week. Uh, <laughs> he is uh, he is not on my card, but. Let's just, you know, move into those head-to-heads. Um, a lot of you guys have been asking where we're finding these. So um, for these three, just made it simple. I found them on my bookie. Um, for my first one, it's going to be Jason Kokrak over Russell Henley, minus 110. Um, just comparing these two guys, Jason Kokrak is a consistent all-around player, you know, completely through the bag, while Henley relies heavily on his irons. Henley's coming off a week at Waste Management where he lost shots off the tee and approach. So the fact that he finished 33rd was actually pretty fluky. When I'm looking at his stats, he he picked up six shots around the greens. Um, That is not sustainable at all. Uh, He must have chipped in a couple of times or something. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see, uh, you know, too many beer beer cans flying uh, (laughs) during his, uh, you know, PJ Tour Live stuff. Shout out uh, my sister, Hallie Ledbetter, who uh, had her first uh, announcing gig uh, for the PJ Tour Live and stuff. So, that was cool to uh, listen to her, but in terms of yeah, I, I I heard her the first hole in one. I it was, she was it, Ortiz was the second one. Who was the first? Uh, Sam Ryder. That's right. She, yeah, she yeah. was part of the call for that. Awesome, great work to Hallie. Yeah, pretty cool for her. You know, first gig to have a hole in one. Yeah, at, uh, on at 16, sixteen at the biggest party of the year. You know, it's yeah. pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but in terms of. You know, what we're looking at with Russell Henley, like I said, fluky top 40 finish last week. Um, Russell, from what I see from the most part, he likes to play kind of a sling draw. So I think that's going to be a pretty awkward fit off the tee when most of the Riviera holes are going to be moving from left to right. Um, So Kokrak, you know, is going to be having two less clubs in coming in because he's much longer off the tee. Kokrak was sixth in putting last year, so he's a much better putter. So books are grading these guys as equal. I don't see them on the same level at all. So that's why I'm taking Jason Kokrak over Russell Henley minus 110 for my first head-to-head. For my next head-to-head, I'm taking Joaquin Neiman over Thomas Peters minus 110. Joaquin has made two or three cuts at Riviera in his career and is coming off a tied six at the Farmers Insurance Open. He picked up 7.6 strokes tee to green and gained a shot with the putter. So, you know, pretty solid week through the bag. I love good weeks at Farmers coming into Riviera because I'd honestly say in terms of course comps, they're pretty similar, right? Obviously, one's on a cliff and one's in a kind of more metropolitan area, I guess. But in terms of, you know, what we're looking at, Farmers is going to test you completely through the bag. Riviera is going to do the same thing. And the fact that he played well there, picked up shots in the greens, both both green surfaces working with POA, um, I like for Joaquin coming in here. Um, for Thomas Peters, Two wins in his last four starts on the European Tour. Um, that's certainly priced into this. Uh, but we've seen guys to the U- to come to the U.S. and stink it up pretty consistently after having some good results in Europe. Uh, Thomas lo- has lost strokes off the tee and on the green 
in uh, in his last 36 rounds in the U.S. I don't know if he doesn't like the food over here or something, but uh, he's he's struggled in the U.S. as of late. So um, same kind of thing. It's about the numbers. Yes, I know Thomas is playing great. He's winning a lot of golf tournaments, but in just a head-to-head matchup, I think Joaquin Neiman can definitely uh, can definitely be victorious here. So Joaquin Neiman over Thomas Peters minus 110. And then for my last one, it is going to be Bubba Watson over Tony Finau minus 120. Does Bubba have a statue here? He's won here three yeah. times. He's won here three times. If, if not, he should. He also has eight top 20s as well. Um, Tony the Tiger, on the other hand, is not playing great. <laughs> Finau, <laughs> is lo- Finau is lost with his game right now. He's lost strokes, tee to green, and putting in his last two starts, resulting in missed cuts. Um, Finau does have two runner-up finishes that every single podcast you'll probably listen to is, uh, is freaking out about. I'm not because he's not playing you know, the level of golf that normal Tony Finau has been, has been playing the last couple of years. Um, this is not a golf course you want to be trying to find your game on. I'd rather see guys come in with some form. Uh, Bubba is better on Poa Greens, has better course history. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Finau has, you know, runner-ups here uh, a couple of times. Bubba's won here three times, okay? Yeah. And in terms of recent form, Bubba's coming off a second in the Saudi and a top 10 last week at Waste Management. So I absolutely love this matchup. So for my three matchups, just recapping here, Jason Kokrak over Russell Henley, minus 110. Joaquin Neiman over Thomas Peters, minus 110. And Bubba Watson over Tony Finau, minus 120. And those can all be found on my bookie. Beautiful, lad. On to uh, my matchups this week for the Genesis. I have five here. All of them can be found uh, can be found on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Highly advise that you do not wait until Thursday morning or Wednesday night. These can change up based on outright uh, number swing, based on futures number swinging. Uh, so <clears throat> as soon as you listen to this, go take them. First one right here. We'll get it started. Mark Leishman. Over Sergio Garcia, minus 120. Great look here for Mark Leishman. We're going to try to get some good mojo with him after that top Aussie ticket lost a few weeks back when Jason Day started to heat up again. Let me tell you what I like about this matchup. I think we're really going to see Mark Leishman start to settle into this season this week. I believe he's going to be in contention for every major championship this year. He has really had a consistent start to the season, five top 20 finishes in seven starts with no missed cuts. He came in 16th a few weeks ago with the Farmers, and if he had putted to his standards, it would have been an auto-lock top five finish there. On the other side of this, we have Sergio Garcia, who hasn't finished better than 37th Genesis since 2016, and Sergio Garcia cannot putt on Poe Green's um, to save his or, life. Or any Green's for that yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculously shocking on Poe, but you're exactly right. Can't putt regardless. I love Mark Leishman in this spot. So my first head-to-head is Mark Leishman over Sergio Garcia at minus 120. And also, well, the Kakuya grass um, is like pretty much native to Australia, kind of South African uh, surfaces. So uh, whether it's judging second shots out of the rough or, you know, around the greens, I think uh, Leishman's definitely going to have a leg up. I'm not sure they have too much Kakuya in Spain. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful nugget for that Leishman over Garcia minus 120 ticket. So that's my first. On to Taylor Gooch over Russell Henley at minus 110. Led just faded Russell Henley. I'm doing the same thing. 
And you want to talk about a guy who is absolutely killing it on the West Coast and can put the lights out on Poe Green. That is Taylor Gooch. And not only has he put together a consistent stretch of tournaments as of late, but we now have three plus years of data on Gooch Riviera. Let me tell you, this guy absolutely loves this place. Finished 20th in his debut here in 2018, 10th here in 2020, and 12th here last year. I'll take that over Russell Henley, who, as of lead said, we started to see cool off last week after a very good start to the season. He lost about three shots off the tee in Phoenix last week. And to be honest, Henley's track record at the Genesis, very unimpressive. He had one 17th place finish here back in 2020. Other than that, hasn't been, hasn't finished better than 38th in six professional starts at this event. So for my second one, I really like Taylor Gooch over Russell Henley at minus 110. I may have to mooch off that Gooch uh, head to head. Cause I just hate, I hate Russell Henley in uh this week. So, you know, Mooch I, off that Gooch led Mooch off yeah. that Gooch, <laughs> but will in terms of where are you finding these at? These are on uh yeah. DraftKings sportsbook, all DraftKings five of them, it. all five of them were through two right now. First one, Mark Leishman over Sergio Garcia at minus minus one twenty. Second, Taylor Gooch over Russell Henley at minus uh, one ten, both on DraftKings sportsbook. My next one is Rory McIlroy over Hideki Matsuyama plus one one Oh five on DraftKings sportsbook. And listen, I think plus 105 against Hideki is total disrespect to Rory. Let me tell you why. Vegas is way too focused on last year's result for Rory, which was a which, which was a miscut. I am very, very impressed with the way that Rory has put it since mid-August. He made one start on the PGA Tour in the fall, which was his win at the CJ Cup. And you have to think about the way that Rory's consistency has translated into 2022. He, you know, he starts a season in Europe and finishes. 12th at Abu Dhabi and 3rd at the Dubai Desert Classic. Listen to me very clear. Much like Brooks Kepka, you can count on Rory to bring the heat in a top-ranked field like this one. I believe if Rory can continue to go into the right direction with the putter in the mental game, we're going to see him we're going to see him winning major championships here again very soon. As far as Hideki, you know, he's coming off a good week on the greens in Phoenix and um if you look back at the numbers week to week, it's almost impossible for him to have back-to-back good putting weeks. I think we see some regression here from Hideki this week. So uh, my second or my third matchup is going to be Roy McIlroy over Hideki Matsuyama plus 105 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm a little worried about, I you know I like it. I like the, you know, the facts behind it. Seth. I'm a little worried about Rory with the rust, right? I hope he's got some WD-40 in the bag to get, make sure those mm-hmm. wedges are you know, the glare he needs and stuff. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, uh, if we see one of those rusty Rory 81s, my head will, will explode on this podcast next week. Hey, head to heads. You only got to beat one guy, right? If, uh, if, uh, Hideki fires an 82, you're right in there. There we go. On to my next one at Xander Shoffle over Scotty Scheffler at minus 120. Let me tell you, this is really a perfect place to bet on Xander Shoffle this week. We get him against an inflated Scotty Scheffler after the big win. Make no mistake, Scotty, not the type of dude to go party all week after a win. You can bet your ass he was at Riviera for the Monday Pro-Am, but that was no average finish to an event last week in Phoenix. That took every bit of energy out of Scheffler to fend off Cantlay, to fend off the gala amidst all the chaos that I've been you. And the other thing uh, with Scheffler is, you know, it's really becoming a trend. He has really had a ton of trouble on Poa Greens. 
And so we're going to fade Scheffler after we cashed the winning ticket last week. And I talked about Xander, the favorites. Let me just reiterate something. This is a West Coast guy who needs a West Coast win. And I think I can't think of a better place uh, where he has been trending more and more over the years than Riviera has never finished worth and worse than 23rd and four starts here. And I said this earlier, Shoffle will possibly be one of my winning tickets right now. Um, I just have Shoffle over Scheffler at minus 120. This is possibly going to be my best bet as well, Led. Yeah, and I like that. I could see Scotty definitely pulling me in a bit of a Cam Smith where we win, and then uh, it's a short week the next week to go celebrate back home. Um, definitely uh, manageable. I have one more for you uh, in the head-to-heads. This is on DraftKings Sportsbook as well. Dustin Johnson over Justin Thomas at plus 100. And if you were looking for a way to play Dustin Johnson this week, I just found it for you. Let me make something clear. Dustin Johnson has not struggled at Riviera since 2013. That's just the bottom line. And at plus money, he's going against a guy in Justin Thomas who has really, really, really had an inconsistent run on the greens over the last 20 events, like I said in the favorites, DJ has had a nice little tune-up over at the Dirty Money International, has had some time to start planning the wedding with Paulina. Now he's going to go ahead and dial in this season and start off right here at Riviera. I love Dustin Johnson over Justin Thomas at plus 100. Let me just run through these five head-to-heads with you real quick. Mark Leishman over Sergio Garcia at minus 120. Taylor Gooch over Russell Henley at minus 110. Roy McIlroy over Hideki Matsuyama at plus 105. Xander Shoffley over Scotty Scheffler at minus 120. And Dustin Johnson over Justin Thomas at plus 100. All in DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Love it. And then for my picks to place, um, I'm going to go with Bubba Watson top 10 plus 350. Unlike the Brooklyn Nets, I am not panicking. I am going to run it back um, like last week. Uh, he finished one shot out of 10th at the waste management. Um, would have cashed a plus 300 there. Plus 350, a little even better value. Um, yes, factoring in that uh, the tougher field this week. Um, and then week previous to that, runner up at Saudi. Rest is certainly a concern going on three weeks in a row when you're you know, starting in Saudi and then ending up in uh, L.A. You're really going uh, you know, across the world there. But no one is really more rested uh, than Bubba, who, hasn't play- who hadn't played a PJ Tour event uh, previous to Waste Management since August. Uh, so, you know, three weeks in a row, I think he could handle five weeks in a row right now, um, given the fact that he's, uh, he hasn't played since August. Yeah, I... Um... You know, I, I, I'm all I'm all over that Bubba top 20 plus 150 ticket as well. Led. Love that. And, you know, looking at it, you know, how he's been playing as of late, um, course history, like we talked about, eight top 20s, three-time winner here. His ability to work the ball both ways is big for the dog legs. And, um, you know, some of the lines that I've even seen that he takes off some of these uh, tee boxes are not even in uh, other people's uh, – you don't even see it when they walk up to the tee. So – I think these books are still overreacting a little bit to um, the lack of play from Bubba, but you know, so far through two weeks, so you can't get much better than what he's had. Um, so Bubba Watson top 10, run it back plus three fifty. for my next pick to place. I have Colin Morikawa plus two ten, top 10. Um, Colin hasn't played since the century tournament of champions where he finished tied fifth. I think that's because he's resting up for a big 2022 season in terms of course history. 
He's played Riviera twice, finishing 43rd and 26th. I think third time's a charm uh, for him at Riviera this week. Um, super demanding golf course. The fact that he's now going to be playing it for the third time, I think, is huge. I think the top 10 machine can grab a number. Uh, can grab another. Um, for our next one, Jason Kokrak, top 20 plus 230. People are sleeping on big country. His last start was a tied 17th at Sony, where he picked up shots with the driver, irons, and the putter. So obviously a solid all-around start. Two starts previous to that, he won the Houston Open. I love the course fit this week. Absolute bomber in Coke Rack and, you know, really solid throughout the bag. Last season, he was 23rd off the tee and sixth in putting. Um, course history finished 32nd here last year. So I think he can build on that this week. For my next one, Mito Pereira, top 20. Mito's back. Before missing his last two cuts, Mito had a top 25 at Torrey Pines. Probably one of the more course, uh, one of the more similar course setups to Riviera, like I talked about earlier. Poa greens as well. He actually um, has picked up strokes on the greens five weeks in a row. So I know it has been a, a rough stretch with a couple missed cuts, but nice to see he's putting it well. And for a guy who we never really have to worry about his ball striking, um, you know, he hasn't been hitting it well as of late. Has been losing strokes tee to green, but if he gets that back on track, paired up with uh, how he's putting, I think he can really do some damage this week. So, um, recapping those picks to place, we have Bubba Watson top ten plus three fifty, Colin Morikawa plus two ten top ten, Jason Kokrak top twenty plus two thirty, and Mito Pereira top twenty plus five hundred. Um, a couple of those, I believe, were found on my bookie and then um, DraftKings as well. But with those picks to place, you normally don't see too much of a deviation in the number comparatively to the uh, picks to win. No doubt. Well said. And matchups. They're not going to, you know, the, the, these picks to places are not going to move too much. Um, on to my picks to place for the Genesis Invitational. My first one's going to be Brooks Kepka top 20 at plus 120. And what I did last week and what I'm doing this week is continuing to buy low with Brooks Kepka. I'll be very honest with you. There's very little data to actually back up this pick this week. He has not performed well at Riviera in his past three events here. Uh, and up until his third place finish last week, in which I had him over Finau, he was not playing well. He was dealing with injuries. He was dealing with the social media distractions with the Saudi showboy Bryson DeChambeau. And let me just tell you what we learned about Brooks Kepka in last week's press conferences. Contrary to what all of us have, had, you know, have thought over the past year, there is a genuine burning fire in Brooksy's belly. Let me just remind you, you don't win four majors in two years if you're not an absolute killer. When he was talking last week to the media about how good he was feeling with his game at home and how glad uh, he was that his body had finally healed after not being obligated to play through injury, uh, you know, that was huge. So I really think he's a man on the mission this year, and we're going to start to see him play well at some venues that he hasn't necessarily tried or performed at in the past. So my first pick is going to be Brooks Kepka top 20 at plus 120. Uh, my second one here is going to be Max Homa top 20 at plus 160. Uh, let me just reiterate, you can find all, you know, all of these on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, but I was really searching for a way to get the defending champion Max Homa involved in my card this week. And let me make one thing clear. I'm not just taking this because he won here last year. He is a California guy who thrives on Poa Greens. And even before he won here last year, he had been trending towards a win at the Genesis for years, 37th and 19th, 5th and 20, 
and then catches the dub last year. And as far as recent play is concerned for Homa, of course, he won the Fortnite, uh, which is really irrelevant information uh, for this week. After the win back in September, he really hasn't played great, but the numbers are starting to come around. And uh, we saw that last week with his 15th place finish in Phoenix, you know, I think Max Homa looked at last week like the start of his major championship prep. And Genesis is a tournament that is very, you know, holds a, a place very close to his heart. I'm going to roll with Max Homa top 20 at plus 160 for my second pick to place this week. Um, you know, I'm uh, my last one. No, I'm sorry. We got two more. Uh, my next one's going to be Robert McIntyre as the top Scottish at plus 130. Uh, okay. This is the week where Robert McIntyre finally says hello world to the United States. Uh, this is a guy who finally has more events in America on his schedule this year on a sponsor's exemption this week. And, uh, you know, Rob has been nothing but class for the last few months on the European tour. He has three top 20 finishes in his last five stars dating back to the DP world championships up at the end of last season. He's coming off a T9 finish at the Ross uh, Alcama. Uh, as for others on the Scottish leaderboard, Rob will be going up against Russell Knox and Martin Laird. Uh, Russell Knox has three missed cuts and three starts at the, at the Genesis, and Martin Laird has two missed cuts in his last three starts um, here at this venue. And what I love about Robert, Robert McIntyre is that he's an absolutely phenomenal putter on these bow and surfaces. Uh, I'm really expecting a breakout week from him. I love Robert McIntyre as the top Scott at plus 130. Um, and my last one, um, I already, I, you know, I told you through Led's conversation, um, I'm taking Bubba Watson top 20 at plus 150 because that track record is absolutely nothing to argue with. So let's recap my uh, picks to place this week. Brooks Kepka top 20 at plus 120. Max Homa top 20 at plus 160. Robert McIntyre top Scottish at plus 130. And Bubba Watson top 20 at plus 150. Love them, Will. Love them. And uh, definitely recommend tailing those. But moving into our dark horse. This number has blown up more than your Facebook notifications on your birthday. Mito <laughs> Pereira at 200 to 1. Is Mito playing left-handed? That's a serious question. Wow. I mean, realistically, based on the way he's played, he's probably in the you know 140 to 1, 150 to 1 range. He's in Peter Jacobson range right now. Um, when you look at a guy who was 22 to one at the Wyndham, you know, less than six months ago, granted much stronger field this week. The Wyndham's kind of like, okay, let's prepare for the playoffs. Not the strongest field there, but wow. In terms of uh, getting Mito, Mito at 200 um, before missing his last two cuts, we talked about it. Top 25 at Torrey Pines, super similar uh, to Riviera in terms of, uh, you know, all that stuff, whether it's Poa greens or just the way that it's, it's a golf course from the first tee to the 18th green. Hold on for dear life. Um, like what he said, he's been putting better as of late. If you can get the ball striking back on track, absolutely love a Mito bomb this week for my dark horse. Let's go. And my dark horse is going to be Patrick Rogers, top 20 at plus 450. And, and P. Rogers is coming off two missed cuts at Pebble Beach and Phoenix. But here's the thing. Rogers missed four cuts in a row last year, heading into his 12th place finish at this event last year. Riviera is a place with so much history. And after Rogers, you know, went to Stanford, turned into a West Coast guy himself. He has two top 20s. 
in his last three years playing here. I expect a similar result this week. I love Patrick Rogers top 20 at plus 450 for my dark horse. Love it. Love it. And moving into our picks to win, like we said, it seems like, um, I think I mentioned earlier in the prep, but if I didn't, in terms of the way this golf course has produced winners, not exactly long shot season. I believe maybe JB Holmes, he was in that, you know, 120 to one kind of range. But other than that, you're pretty much going chalk with uh, guys like DJ, guys like um, Bubba winning. But in terms of this week, that's kind of what my tickets look like. I'm, I'm going with kind of the studs for my picks to win. So, um, you know, we recapped a lot of these guys earlier, so we won't uh, repeat ourselves. But Justin Thomas, 16 to one. You can find that on BetMGM. Um, coming off a tie fifth at Century, 20th at Farmers, uh, you know, top 10 last week. Has course history here with a, with a runner up a couple years ago. Um, hitting his irons better than honestly anyone in the field and, you know, really known for that kind of 175 and up uh, iron play proximity. And you're going to have a lot of long irons this week, and JT's the best at that. So that's for my first pick. For my next one, Colin Morikawa, 20 to 1. Um, Bet365 is where I found that one. Uh, Xander Shoffley has blown up. I wasn't going to play this one, but now that's blown up to 25 to 1 um, on Bet365 as well. Uh, even when you compare that to last week, yes, a little bit stronger field. Um, you know, looking at waste management uh, was obviously a weaker field. He was 22 to 1. Now he's at 25 to one with a stronger field, but he finished second last week. So you would think, you know, I thought Xander would be in that kind of 18 to one, you know, maybe max 20 to one, get him at 25 to one. When you just look at the guys that are at that same number, ton of value there. And then Bubba Watson, 45 to one, you know, wouldn't be shocked if this was like, it kind of would be a bit of a movie scene, you know, down the stretch. If he's he's winning his fourth tournament here, uh, you know, you talked about his mental health in the past, and I think that would be a really good feel-good story. You know the way golf is, right? Some guys are more comfortable on golf courses than others, and uh, Bubba doesn't get much more comfortable than him here. Uh, but, you know, even another guy who's played great here, definitely statistically as well, has a win here, Adam Scott. Um, those, those guys are both at 45-1. to 1. I think you're getting way better uh, value with Bubba there, just given the fact that he has that kind of – those, you know, back-to-back top tens he's coming in here with that recent form. So – you know, recapping those, JT, 16 to 1, Colin Morikawa, 20 to 1, Xander Shoffley, 25 to 1, and Bubba Watson, 45 to 1 for my picks. Yeah, great work there, lad. And and, and uh, interesting note on Adam Scott. You know, I, I was searching for ways to play him this week. Took a glance at the Aussie leaderboard. It's going to be tough for him to overcome Leishman this week. Um, I might, you know, like, like we said, all, we're off Cam Smith, so – um, I, I don't believe he's a factor to worry about this week. Adam Scott's a great look at 45 to one. He is, but uh, my solo winning ticket this week is going to be Xander Shoffley at 25 to one. Um, like I said, there, there is a two more, or like led just said, there's not too much more to discuss here with Shoffley um, other than he continues to trend here at Riviera. Um, you know, each year gets, you know, a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, his iron play is really starting to come around. Uh, and I think this is a great place to play him. You know, I, we, you know, early in this pod's history, we, uh, we had Xander to win the Olympics. So we're going to go back to, to him for the first time since then, um, get a little gold, a little, little bit of gold medal magic working, uh, this week led. I'll is, take us right. Yeah, go ahead. Is this technically a limited field event? Cause the guy loves limited field events. 
It is. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Ricky he doesn't have the no cut. He loves the no cut event uh, in terms of he's one in Hawaii and obviously Olympics as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, Xander completely through the bag. It's tough to pass on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll work us right into our lineups here this week. Um, as I believe I'm now, it's it's four to two. Uh, four to two, stop. yeah. Uh, for the lineups, I'm going to go good Xander thing, Schauffele. Good thing it's yeah. not a seven-game NBA series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm going to go Xander Schauffele, Roy McIlroy, Taylor Gooch, Mark Leishman, Adam Hadwin, and Robert McIntyre. Um, you know, Rob's going to be my caboose for the week. I'm looking for this guy to go off. I mean, I I'm, I cannot wait to watch Robert McIntyre this week. Love it. Um, and for me, I'm going Justin Thomas. Colin Morikawa, Jason Kokrak, Sahith Figala. How bad is that pronunciation? Is that pretty good? Um, and Mito Pereira. And then JT Poston is rounding out my lineup. Um, yeah, there's going to be three JTs on the grounds this week at Riviera. Justin Thomas, JT Poston. And then I'm, I'm, I don't go by JT, but I'm technically a James Thomas Ledbetter a JT as well. <laughs> so moving into our best bet. I am going with that third JT. I'm going with JT post in top 40 plus 250. Now you look at, um, you look at J, uh, <laughs> JT Poston's last couple results. He definitely has a couple missed cuts uh, sprinkled in there to start the year. He has a 42nd at the Sony and a 25th at the Amex. Uh, last week, JT finished 26 at the waste management, picking up almost four shots on the green and two strokes uh, T to green. Uh, so, you know, when we're looking in terms of course history, that's one of the things that jumped out. You know, you're kind of scrolling through who's done well here in the past um, on a difficult golf course. I think course history can matter a little bit more versus, you know, if you're going and playing uh, Pirates Cove or whatever or, <laughs> or an easy golf course. Right. It could have been just a, a, a good putting week. Right. Versus here. You're not making the cut unless you have like a mediocre to, to good uh, ball striking week. And that's exactly what. Uh, JT Poston has done in his four starts here. He has a 43rd, a 30th, a 28th and a 17th picking up strokes T to green in three of the four starts. So, you know, not fluky, like we talked about. Um, and I think, you know, obviously he's done it here in the past. That kind of week is all we need to have for him to cash a plus two fifty best bet for us. So let's do it. JT, the postman top 40 will deliver this week for our best bet. And over to my best bet, uh, one that I've already given out here on the head-to-heads. Um, I'm going Xander Schauffele over Scotty Scheffler at minus 120. Um, you know, buying a little bit extra with this ticket, but I think the bottom line is, it, you know, after a week like Scheffler had at that type of venue with that type of energy, whether you're going out and partying or not, which I know he is not for a fact, it's still going to be so, so tough to fend off someone like Xander, who I think is going to have a huge week. Um, you know, this this seems like the right play for the best bet this week. I absolutely love it. Xander Schauffele over Scotty Scheffler at minus 120. Now, on to our winning score prediction. And contrary to our DraftKings lineups, um, lead is, is, is killing me. I mean, I was 12 shots off last week with this one. I was 12 shots off. My winning scoring prediction for this week is going to be, is going to be uh 15 under. Love that. Love that. And moving into my, uh, score prediction, I'm going to go with 13 under par this week. 
that's been the average uh, the last five years here. Um, you know, expecting great weather, so nothing crazy. Will, uh, you know, going back to last week, I don't think we expected the green firmness that we had at Waste Management. I mean, you're looking at... Agreed. You know, it was at the point where, you know, you're watching shots come into 16 with a back pin, and these guys are landing in the middle of the green and it's chasing back there. So I don't think we quite saw the greens getting baked out that, that much. But, uh, yeah, for this week, my score prediction is 13 under par. But moving into our last one, um, it's, it's our fun bet part of the pod. Um, I'm going to be going with John Rom, bogey-free first round is 10 to 1 on DraftKings. So when you just look at the player, John Rom by far the most consistent player on the PGA Tour. Uh, bogey-free seems more than manageable for Rom this week. Uh, like we said, just if you had to pick a guy on tour to hit a tee shot for you, if you had a guy to, on tour to hit an iron shot for you, if you had a guy on tour to hit an eight footer for you, uh, John Rom's name's popping up pretty quick uh, for all those questions. So the fact that he's nine to one to win this week, and I can get better value on just, you know, a great day on the course, uh, 10 to one bogey free. I'm absolutely loving that for, for our fun bet. And that's on DraftKings. And my fun bet of the week is also on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm going to go Cam Smith plus 350 to miss the cut. Um, you know, I, I think there is a lot of question marks with the dryer for Cam Smith. And if he gets it going any which way, I, I, I see him heading straight for a missed cut. I don't think he can compete on this golf course if his driver isn't absolutely perfect. And like Led said earlier in the pod, he just doesn't have that second gear that Rory does, that JT does, that Hideki does, that DJ does, that John Rahm does. You know, it, it's, it's going to be a very tough week for him. Uh, I see some regression coming with, with all the Barneys at the bar, putting all their money on him this week. Uh, my fun bet's going to be Cam Smith, plus 350 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Love it. Lad, well, listen, great, great work today. Um, and, and that's going to do it for us here on the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Please go give us a follow at Dr. Media 59 and at James Ledbetter on Twitter. Always a chance we're going to see these numbers moves. We're going to give you real-time Twitter updates uh, through the week if we see anything ch- change. Uh, Lad, got anything else for us today? That's it. Excited for a fun week. I'm going to be out there. I can't wait. So, uh, yeah, feel free to, uh, you know, if you're out there. I'm not that recognizable yet, but uh, I'm just uh, the tall kid walking around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> walking around yeah. Riviera. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep you updated if Flood's got any live bets from uh, from Riviera. Yeah, we don't have any merch. We don't have any pregame merch yet. If we did, I'd be revving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, but hey, have a good week. Enjoy Riv out there, um, and best of luck to all dreamers with the best. Sounds good. <laughs>